Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to Hebrews chapter 13. Now, like we said at the end of the service, married couples, husbands and wives, are going to stand with each other and we're going to uh, do some things and say some things and reaffirm our marriage covenant and we're going to take communion over it. And some, uh, some powerful things are going to happen. Hallelujah. So if you're watching by internet or you're somewhere and, and you're not with your spouse, if you can get with them, do it. Make plans for it to happen right now. If not, call them and get them watching with you at the same time. And uh, like Phyllis said, get you some uh, elements that you can take communion with too. It can be a cracker and juice. That's okay. I mean, I don't know that there's anything that special about the ones we have. <laughs> right? I mean, the Lord didn't say you have to have a certain kind of thing. But it's, uh, it's your heart. It's your faith. It's your reverence that makes the difference. We begin Monday night talking about the foundation of marriage. And we, we mentioned, the, the Lord gave us from the Word... We talked about um, components of marriage relationship, how it starts, how it progresses. And we talked about it begins with attraction. You meet somebody, you're attracted to them, and then you uh, spend time with them, and you get to know them, and you become friends. Uh, that's the second component, the friendship, the uh, companionship part of it. And then... Uh, if you pursue it and, and God's hand is on you, uh, love. And love includes, uh, a big part of love is honoring, which means valuing. They are precious to you. They are important to you. You see them as very valuable. And um, we went on to talk about other components. And, and um, one thing that we didn't touch on is you're working together. In life, you're being partners in uh, whatever business that you're dealing with, or, or ministry, or work for the Lord. And anyway, we mentioned the fact that those things are like rooms in a house. And uh, as amazing as the attraction may be, it alone will not sustain a relationship through the decades. How many people? We're head over heels in attraction, and they're no longer together. The friendship, as important as that is, that alone is not enough to secure a relationship through the storms of life that can come. Love itself, loving them and, and saying, well, uh, uh, you know, you're so valuable to me, you're important to me, as vital as that is, and that's the biggie. Still, how many people that would have told you they loved them like they'd never loved anybody and they've been divorced for 20 years now, right? So obviously these things alone, why? Because that's not the foundation of it. The, uh, we talk, what is the foundation? And we, we read, you know, from Luke that being a doer of what the Lord tells you is the foundation that the house will stand on when the storm comes and not even be moved. Well, the doing of what he tells us in marriage 
is the keeping of the covenant. Somebody say keeping of the covenant. Marriage is a covenant. Now just that one phrase sounds foreign to many people in our generation. Many folks don't even know what a covenant might be. Much less that marriage is a covenant. But if you don't understand covenant and that marriage is a covenant, you're already vulnerable. You're already on shaky ground. The thing that will hold you when these other things are not enough is a covenant between you, between each other, and God. Oh, come on, are you listening to me? A lasting, holy covenant. Now, one reason I mention that is, talk about it, is because, again, in this world, marriage is increasingly seen as unimportant and unnecessary. We've got more folks living together now, unmarried, than in years past. I mean, it's just, you find almost as many people living together as uh, married. Why is that? Well, because folks don't see the point of getting married. Maybe for some legal reasons or concerning children. But uh, that's because you've got a whole generation oblivious to the reality that marriage is covenant. Will somebody say covenant? covenant. It's not just a legal agreement. It's not just paperwork. It's not just a tradition. It's covenant. And if you don't have the covenant, your house is on the sand. Because the commitment is not there to help you weather the storms that will surely come over a period of years and decades in a lifetime. Look with me in Hebrews here, please. 13, verse 4. says, marriage is honorable in all. Marriage is not an unimportant thing. The Word of God says it is honorable. Now the word honor, again, it means weighty. Sometimes the same word translated honor is translated glory. Honor. We're told to uh, those that honor the Lord, He will honor. What does that mean? Those that treat His things as precious and weighty and important. He will minister to you. And treat your things as weighty and precious and important. But if you treat him lightly. You'll be lightly esteemed. And aren't there a lot of people in our generation. Treating marriage lightly. Even a lot of folks that get married. They go into the marriage. With the idea if it doesn't work out. We'll just get divorced. That's just common mentality, isn't it? And if you start it like that, you're not likely to make it. Because the first bump you hit, you're already got the back door unlocked. Is that right? And you already got your emergency pack prepped. If you need to bolt in a hurry, you're ready. I uh, had the privilege of teaching and preaching at a, a teaching and preaching, ministering at Brother Hagen's school, Rama, for a number of years. 
And uh, of course, every year we'd have new students come. And uh, I, sometimes I'd have a part in the, what do we call that? Orientation. Orientation, thank you. Somebody knows. And uh, one of the things I would say oftentimes, because it's, it's the very beginning. Classes haven't even started yet. We're just getting ready to start. And you got a bunch of young guys there. You talk about fired up, man. I mean, you could feel the electricity in the air. People are going, oh, man, you know, they're going to change the world. They're going to reach the world. They're going to save the world. Run over the devil. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, and that's good. That's just good. And I'd say, so uh, the, you have a call on your life. The Lord has called you to come here and get training and go into the ministry. Oh, yes, a roar. And so I'd say, so the Lord has called you and, and, and brought you here and, and to get training. Oh, yes, yes. And I'd say it so many times until they, they'd quit hollering so loud. They're like, do we already said this? So the Lord called you and brought you here. I said, are you sure? They'd look at you like, well, yeah, we said we were. Are you sure? (laughs) Well, why does he keep asking that? Are you sure? Are you sure? Well, yeah, we're sure. Tell me if you're sure or not. I want to see. Hold up your hand if you're sure. And so they, why is he saying that? Because it's not going to be two weeks. Come on, are you listening? Until something comes up. You're going to need some money. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. And you know the first question the enemy's going to bring to your mind? Should you be here? Should you even be here? And if you don't have that settled before you hit the bump, you're in trouble. You're not on the solid rock. You're on the sand. And if you don't have it settled before you encounter your first marriage challenges, we're in a covenant, holy covenant, a lasting covenant, hallelujah, sealed in the name of Jesus. Is that right? If you don't have that, then you'll be like many who just don't make it. And the devil always tells people, well, you haven't had to put up with what I'm putting up with. You're wrong. You don't know. You don't know what other people have put up with. Well, you haven't been through the hell I've been through. How would you know? Hmm? Nobody's been through what what I've been through. Eh. Why are you so special? The Bible says that your brethren are going through the same Is that right? Same temptations and challenges. That's the truth. Everybody's going through the same stuff. That's the truth. And the truth is other people have gone through it and didn't cry and act like a baby nearly as much as maybe you were. (laughs) And a whole lot of people made it through and overcame where other people just threw up their hands and quit and said we can't do it. But the truth is look at them. They did. If they can do it, you can do it. But if you don't know you're in a covenant with your spouse, you're on shaky ground. Keep reading. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, which are covenant breakers, God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Has he changed subjects? He's still talking about the same thing. 
For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord will take care of you. I said the Lord will take care of you. If you're not happy, if you're not satisfied, if you feel like you're missing out on some things, don't break covenant and try to find it somewhere wrong and you won't find it there anyway. Look to the Lord and say, Lord, you told me you would fulfill my desire. You told me you would satisfy me. And fulfill me and keep me. And if you'll hold on to him. It might take a little time. But he'll take care of you. Whether he ministers it to you directly. Or he gives it to you through your spouse. Or he just helps you to grow up. So you don't need it anymore. Any number of ways. He will help you. To where you. Are not tormented. With unfulfilled desire. But, you know, we, uh, David, who's such a man of God, and yet such a blot on his record of uh, longing after Bathsheba and getting involved with her, and then to cover it up, she got pregnant and to cover it up, had her husband killed by putting him on the front line and then withdrawing from him. And uh, the man of God, the prophet, came to him and told him, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, he said, I gave you. The kingdom. I gave you the wives you have. I gave you the. He said if that had not been enough for you. I would have given you much more. Do you hear that phrase? If that hadn't been enough for you. I would have given you a lot more. But. See he goes. And steals another man's wife. He said you've given cause for the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. How many understand. You don't have to get try to get something the wrong way. You can wait on God. You can trust him. And he will take care of you. Come on somebody say he'll take care of me. He'll take care of me. Be content. With where you are and what you have. And be content in him. Knowing that he's the one that really satisfies you. He he said I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man shall do to me. Now skip down to verse 20 in this same chapter. Later on in the same chapter notice this. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. The blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you perfect in every good work. Now let's just stop right here. Is he talking about making you complete? So he's still talking about the same things he was talking about in the first part of the same chapter. Make you perfect. In every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus quoted the scripture, I delight to do thy will, O God. This is not because he felt like it at the time. Did Jesus pray, if it be possible? Let this cup pass from me. What is that showing? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This reveals his will at that moment was different than what he was perceiving the Father's will for. I know some folks have a problem with that, but it's just the truth. 
Would you all, are there some times you, you're after the natural, you could want things you shouldn't want? Yeah. Or not want what the Father wants for you? Absolutely. But at those times, by faith, and because of the bond of the covenant, you can submit to God and by faith say, I delight to do your will, O God. Work in me what's well-pleasing in your sight. Work in me to will and to do it. See, that's not just do it. That's to will to do it, to want to do it, and to do it. Must have been 35 years ago. I was driving in the car one day. Remember it distinctly. Stopped at a signal. While I'm waiting for the light to change. I got a big revelation. Big revelation. I mean it went all over me. I shouted. Right there in the intersection. You know what it was? God is smarter than me. <laughs> you think. Rather key. You didn't know that already? Not like I needed to. I mean, if you'd asked me 10 minutes before, is God smarter than you? I said, well, certainly. But it dawned on me. And what I mean is, you know, the Lord can show you something in a split second that it'd take you months to try to explain it and still not get it all out. And I just saw in a flash, God is smarter than me. He made me. He knows me better than me. A lot better than me. Remember we've been reading 1 Corinthians 13. One thing we got to look forward to. Is that we're going to know. Even as we are known. That's something to look forward to. We're going to know like. He knows us now. Well man he knows us inside and out. If he. He knows the plan he has for me. He knows what I'm supposed to be. A thousand years from now. I mean he's smarter than me. He knows so much more. And if he says, Keith, if I'm, if I'm looking at something, I'm thinking, that's what I want to do. That's it. That's it. And he goes, no, Keith, that's not what I want for you. What can I do? If I believe he's smarter than me, I go, right. Yeah, now that I look at it again, I don't even like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. Now your head's still going, oh, we like it. You say, shut up, shut up. Your, your flesh is still going, oh, yeah, we like it. You say, shut up. I didn't ask you. I delight. Come on, somebody sit out loud with me. I delight to do your will. Oh, God. It's a statement of faith. It's just like Jesus was saying, I, I delight to do your will, oh, God. I, not my will, but yours be done. I mean, he's sweating blood in the garden. And yet he submitted himself to the will of God. That's faith. Or if there's something that you think you don't want to do. And somebody talks about it and you go, oh, that ain't me. No, sir, that ain't my call. That's not my thing. No, no, no. And the Lord says, I want you to do that. You go, right. Right. I mean, now that you mention it, that's the thing. Right. If you like it, come on, say it out loud. I delight. To do your will, oh God. And if you have enough faith to overcome your flesh and your unrenewed mind, you will find out very quickly that it is the thing for you, that you were wrong. 
There's just a lot of stuff you didn't know. And the Lord says, don't do that. Leave that alone. Leave them alone. Quit thinking about that. Get away from that. He's not trying to spoil your fun. The wages of sin is death. He's trying to prevent death from occurring in our lives. And from us missing his plan. Say it one more time. I delight to do your will, O God. Now, uh, Psalm 74, 20 says... Have respect unto the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. We live in a world that don't even know what covenant is. Much less respect one. For people that think right, even a single, let's say a single young man, and, and a young lady catches his eye. And he finds out she's in covenant with a husband. Oh, that's it. No more looking. No more longing. No more thinking. Why? Have respect. Somebody say, have respect. For the covenant. Somebody says, well, her husband don't treat her right. That don't change a thing. Did I lose somebody? She's still in covenant with somebody. Right? See the enemy tries to make all kind of excuses. And all kind of exceptions. So that the bottom line is. You are disrespecting. And ignoring covenant. God takes covenant. Very seriously. Do you believe it? Very. Very. We better be thankful he does. Because it's only by covenant we have anything. Every good thing we have is because of covenant. Everything. If he didn't take covenant seriously, all would be lost. He, in, in Isaiah, well, I'm going to read Isaiah 24.4. You can find it if you want to. But I'm going to mention another verse to you on the way. Isaiah 24.4. We touched on this, I believe it was on Monday. And I know we did. Romans, we read Romans 1. What, most of the chapter. Which is brave reading these days. Amen. <laughs> but is it Bible or is it Bible? It's Bible. And uh, we saw, among other things, that people who didn't want God in their thinking and had rejected God, among other things, they were without understanding and covenant breakers. That's Romans one thirty one covenant breakers and this this helps describe much of our generation way too much of our generation a covenant let me give you a little bit of definition and then we'll come back to this covenant is a binding agreement promises made under seal between two or more parties. We use words like contract, treaty, bond, pledge, vow. But it all comes back to the same thing. It is a commitment through promise and word given 
that is binding. Somebody say binding. It is binding. It is, once it has been, well, in fact, I need to read some scripture to you. Go, uh, I'm moving too quick here. Go to Galatians 3. Galatians 3. We'll do it this way. Galatians 3 and 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Being made a curse for us. Now, now what, what we may not understand as Westerners, this is covenant talk. How did he redeem us? He was cursed in our place for us. Because it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Keep reading. In order that, what? The blessing of Abraham, which he deserved and owned, but we did not deserve, would come on Gentiles who had no covenant. Who had no covenant. Ephesians talks that we, we were without God, without hope, strangers to the covenant with no hope in the world. You're talking about on the outside looking in. That's us. God's people that he brought out of uh, Egyptian bondage, he made covenant with them and their seed. But the other folks didn't have covenant. And uh, because of what Jesus has done, those who put their faith in him have been redeemed from the punishment of breaking God's laws and breaking God's covenant. And have been qualified to inherit the blessing of Abraham, which is the result of a personal covenant that God made between himself and the man. The scripture said God found him faithful and entered into covenant with him. You remember reading about it, how that he told Abraham to get ready and meet him and to cut the animals. What they'd do is they'd divide the animals in half and there'd be blood. And he went there and he's waiting. And the Bible said fire came in between those pieces. And God came and entered into covenant with Abraham. And he fell into vision and God showed him some things about the future and what he was going to do for his seed which ultimately referred to Jesus and all that would believe on him, which is us. The covenant that God made with Abraham belongs to us because he made it with him and his seed, which we are by faith in Jesus Christ. Make you want to go back and read that again. Is that right? I'm reading in Galatians. Is that New Testament? What does it say? Verse 14. That what? The blessing of Abraham. This is covenant. This is covenant. God entered into covenant with Abraham and told him. 
He gave him the, the, the sign of the covenant of circumcision and he told him things to do. And one of the things he said he knew about him is that he would teach his children. Hallelujah. The things of God. And uh, then the Lord told him in blessing, I will bless you. Hallelujah. That was God's part of the covenant. And here it says that blessing from that covenant can come on the Gentiles through Jesus, through our faith in Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The reason we're born again is because of covenant. Blood covenant. The reason we are blessed is because of covenant. The reason we have the Holy Spirit is because of covenant. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now look at verse 15. I think a lot of times we've stopped right there at verse 13 and 14 and didn't read 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. He's talking about covenant. Of course he is. If it, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls it or adds thereto. What does that mean? He said, even though it's just a, only a man's covenant, this is New American Standard, even though it's only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Once it's set, it will not be undone and it will not be changed. What if a man and woman are in covenant? In marriage. <laughs> Once it's set. It's set. Don't start trying to add conditions to it. Ten years later. Twenty years later. Hmm. Selah. <laughs> Verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He says not and to seeds as of many but as of one. And to your seed which is Christ. Ultimately the covenant was to Jesus. And this I say. That the covenant. Somebody say covenant. covenant. Is there anything in the New Testament about covenant? Oh yeah. Man, read Hebrews sometime. Amen. And just highlight everywhere it says covenant. This I say. The covenant that was confirmed before. Of God in Christ. The law which was 430 years after. Cannot disannul. That it should make the promise of none effect. There's some foolish folks that are bothered by talking about covenant and say, that's law, that's law, that's bondage. The covenant was over four centuries before the law was even introduced. And what he, that's what he's bringing up. He said the law that came four centuries after did not alter or change the covenant that had already been set in place. It was added because of the transgressions, but it didn't alter a thing. For if the inheritance be of the law, it's no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Hallelujah. And we know he received it by faith. Let's read just a little bit further down here. I just want to make sure 
We know this is talking to us. Verse 26. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. He's writing to Galatians. They were heathen. Non-covenant. You talk about sinners and wild ones. Oh boy. But now they've been born again. They're all different cultures, all different backgrounds, all different colors. And he's telling them, now you all of you, oh, somebody's need to shout on that one. All of you are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Do you have faith in Christ Jesus? How many got faith in Christ Jesus? Then you are, all of you are the children of God. Keep reading. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, somebody say, I am, I am, I am. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. Somebody say, I am, I am, I am. And you are heirs according to the promise. What does that mean? The covenant blessing is yours. Let's go over to Hebrews and remind ourselves of the covenant blessing. Is Hebrews in the New Testament? We're in the New Testament. Hebrews 6, 13. We need... To get rid of some western thinking. And get a revelation of covenant. What it has always meant to God. And what it must mean to us. In order to walk with him. When God made promise to Abraham. Now. The covenants are also called. The covenants of promise. There can be no covenant. Without promises or commitments made. That's what a covenant is. A covenant is one party saying, I will do this, and I will do this. You can call it making a promise. You can call it making a commitment. But you're giving your word. And then the other party says, well, I will do this, and I will do this, and you can count on me to do this. So it's a matter of the giving of word in promise and commitment. So the covenant is only as good as the word of the person making the promise. Which in this world cannot mean much. That's why things have devolved from a look in the eye and a handshake to 500 pages and it still don't matter if your lawyers are good enough. Contracts are covenants. I mean people have covenants for their homeowners association. What is that? That you're saying I agree by moving in here that I'm going to do this and do that and the other. And just a little tip here, you need to read stuff before you sign it. Because what you're doing is entering in to a covenant and giving your word. 
We've learned that the further we go. Phyllis is really good about reading stuff and catching it. She'll go back to folks with things you wouldn't even think about and say, I can agree to this, this, and this, but I can't agree to that. Well, everybody signs that. Well, not me. And then you find out if they want your business or not. Come on, are you with me? Because if you're, when you sign it, if you're giving your word saying, we will abide by this and we will do this, then it's not okay to come up next week and say, well, I didn't know it meant that and, and I ain't going to do that. Well, you said you would. And see, there's so much looseness through all of the world around us that people say, well, yeah, I, I know it, but you know, things have changed uh, from when I said that. And the Bible says one of the characteristics of a man or woman that abides with God is that they will swear to their own hurt and won't change. What does that mean? You realize later, man, it's going to cost me some money. Man, I'm going to have to, uh, what? Well, you should have read it. You, you should have found out before you gave them your word. But now it's a matter of are you a covenant breaker? Or are you a man of God? And your word means something. Covenants are only as good as the word of the people making the promise. And you know we got millions of folks. And a lot of people that have made mistakes in the buildings. We're not talking about condemnation. But they made commitments at the altar or at the justice of the peace. But they didn't even really think about them before they said them. They just repeated what the guy said. You know, to have and to hold, and sickness and health and poverty and wealth, and uh, till death do us part. And people say it, and it doesn't mean a thing. It's just an empty ritual. And it means so little to so many folks that they just quit doing it altogether. Why go through the formality? Don't mean anything. I don't know if I'm going to stay out the month anyway. But then people take that same mentality without realizing it into their dealings with God. And don't realize that this is the very core of God himself. He is truth itself. And it is impossible for him to lie. So when you're talking about entering to a covenant with God, a covenant with God can never be broken from his side. Can never be broken from his side. And if we're godly people, it won't be broken from our side either. Somebody say, My word is good. My word is my bond. I keep my commitments. I respect covenants. That alone will make you way different from most of the world that you rub shoulders with every day. You know what one thing it'll make you do? You won't give your words so quick. <laughs> you won't commit to things so quick. You'll find out, what am I committing to? What am I getting involved with here? Which means you don't uh, get married after knowing somebody for 30 minutes. Vegas or not. Why? Because you don't know. You don't know what you're getting into. Nor do they. Need to find out something about each other. Hallelujah. Keep reading. Hebrews 6, 13. When God made promise, this is covenant. Covenant involves promises. 
When he made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, what did he do? How big is this? <laughs> How big is this? God, now this tells you something here. He could swear by no greater. What does that mean? There is nobody or nothing bigger than him. In the known or unknown universe. When God says, I swear by me. Because there ain't nothing any bigger or greater anywhere. And he's your daddy. God made promise to Abraham. Should I pay attention to this? Does this affect me at all? I'm the seed of Abraham. And the promise was to his seed. Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Keep going. Say, what did, what did God say? What's God's part of this covenant? What did God say to Abraham that day? I'm entering into a covenant with you. You do this. You observe the sign of circumcision I give you. You keep my commandments. You keep my words. Abraham said, yes, Lord, I will. I'm your man. I make commitment to do what you're telling me today. Abraham, the Bible said God found Abraham faithful. What does that mean? His word is good. If he tells you, how many believe Abraham was a man of his word? You can count on it, brother. We wouldn't even be talking about this. And then God says, and for my part, you do what you've said you will do. Surely, oh, when God says surely, <laughs> when, when, when the creator of planets says surely, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. Oh, hallelujah. And didn't happen next week or the next year. So after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Are we talking about the making of a covenant? Yes. Yes. That by two immutable things, the oath itself is one, and the second is the fact that God can't lie to start with. That it is, was impossible for God to lie that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. What? God will never break covenant. Hallelujah. What he said he would do for me, if I will hold on to him, it cannot fail. Even if it takes a while, it will surely, didn't he say surely, 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 it will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Put up for us that scripture I referred to earlier in Isaiah. I want to read this and then I want us to pray about something right, right now. Isaiah 24, 4. 
We read in Romans 1 that people would be, and we see it in our generation, covenant breakers. Are there covenant breakers everywhere? In our country? In the world? Will people agree with you and not have think about it and not even bother them when they don't keep their commitments? Covenant breakers. Well, that don't just affect one area. If you're like that in these areas, you're going to be like that with your spouse, too, and with your kids. And if you will break covenant with your wife and your kids, you'll break covenant with anybody. Is that right? People like to leave an impression, well, no, you know, yeah, I lie to her about all this, but, you know, you can trust me. <laughs> if he'll lie to his wife... And lie to his kids. You're kidding yourself. That he won't lie to you for no reason at all. That's why it is. People try to say. They talk about our leaders. They talk about people in, in leadership positions. In the government and business. Their personal lives don't matter. It's their. Um, you know their professional lives. They Acting like you can sever those. Listen. If a man will lie to his wife. Don't you think in a business deal where millions of dollars are involved, he's not going to lie to you. If he'll break covenant with his own home and his own family, don't you think you can trust him or her? Maybe you can if there's no, I mean, maybe it'll work out if there's no real incentive. But if push comes to shove and they need something, the last thing you'll hear is the wheels of the bus hitting your head. (laughs) Boom, boom. And they won't even hesitate to throw you under the bus. They'll throw you out there before the bus gets there. (laughs) Look at this. The Spirit of God says the earth mourns and fades away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Keep reading. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Because they have what? Transgressed the laws. They have changed the ordinance. They have broken the everlasting covenant. It has affected the whole earth. Nature itself. The climate. Everything. Therefore, verse 6. The curse Has the curse devoured the earth? And they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. There are some atrocious, hellish conditions that exist in nations and places right now on this planet. I mean, there are people starving to death every hour for lack of something to eat. There are people slaughtering folks with guns for no reason except they're born to another tribe or group or city. I mean, this is coming to pass. And it comes back to what? Covenant breakers. Covenant breakers. The Lord said, let me see if I, I need to find that verse and not, not try to quote it. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Hebrews 8, go there. Is Hebrews in the New Testament? Hebrews 8 and verse 6. It says, now has he, talking about Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry 
By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Which Does this affect you? Yes. Are we a part of this covenant? Yes. Huh? Yes. Better covenant. This is talking about than the covenant of the law with the Ten Commandments that was established at the mount. Better covenant established upon better promises. Keep going. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because what? They continued not in my covenant. And as a result, what happened? And I regarded them not says the Lord. Now, if you're in covenant with God, it will never be broken on his end. But if you break the covenant and leave the covenant, one of the worst things that could ever happen to you will occur. He will leave you to yourself. I said one of the worst things that could ever happen to a man or woman on this earth He will leave you to yourself. Complete Jewish Bible says it like this. It will not be like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand and led them forth out of the land of Egypt. Because they, for their part, did not remain faithful to my covenant. So I, for my part, stopped concerning myself with them, says Adonai. People talk about God destroying, and they try to attribute all of the stealing and killing and destroying and terrible stuff to God. Many, many church-going people try to say, well, God in his infinite wisdom did this. We don't know why all these terrible things. He killed all those teenagers in that car wreck and killed that baby in that tornado in, in, in the mobile home. No, he didn't. I said, no, he didn't. Somebody say, no, he didn't. God's not the murderer. He's not the thief. He's not the destroyer. And he's not the covenant breaker. He is the faithful God who keeps covenant with those that love him and is merciful to them for a thousand generations. But what happens when people break covenant with him, he backs off. You don't want to be in covenant with me. You're on your own. And when you're on your own, the wolves are just sitting there waiting. Come on, can you see this? The wolves and the snakes and the scorpions. Come on, are you listening? And the curse that's all around you. God doesn't have to do one thing to hurt anybody or destroy. If he's not protecting you, you're going to be destroyed. Amen. Amen. Friends, there's protection in covenant with God. There's protection in covenant in marriage. There's protection in covenant in family. There's protection in covenant in church. Churches are families. Is that right? They're families. The pastors are the mamas and daddies. 
And there are times when we ought to come into covenant with each other before the Lord. He shows us something he wants to do. And we all get together and say, the Lord, he is God. We delight to do your will. Lord, we will do this. And he'll say, and I'm going to do this. Hallelujah. And then once we hook, we're hooked. We stay in that thing, look better, look worse, whatever, as long as it takes. And see it come to pass. But if you are non-committal, your word's no good, then the first thing that rubs you the wrong way, you'll leave the church anyway. Is that right? No commitment. How many understand we got folks all over the place? They just jump from one relationship to the other, to the other, to the other, from one job to the other, to the other, to the other, from one church to the other, to the other, to the other. And you know the problem? When they get to the 34th place, as soon as they arrive there, they're there. (laughs) And the problems they've been dragging around and the baggage they've been dragging around showed up with them. And one of the things that are key to us growing up is sticking it out. The Lord said to us some years ago, go where you sent and stay where you're stationed. Endure hardness as a good soldier. I know Brother uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr., my Phyllis and my father in the faith. He used to say this. In fact, he, he's got a book entitled, I believe it's Must Christians Suffer? Must Christians Suffer? What's the answer to that? No. <laughs> Must Christians Suffer? Huh? (laughs) You're both right. I said you're both right. Depends on what you're talking about. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer sickness and disease. No, no, no. That's part of the curse of the law that we've been redeemed from. But you, you hadn't been redeemed from all suffering. One of the big sufferings is not getting your way. Somebody say, ow. One of the sharpest pains is not getting to do what you want to do, what you really, really wanted to do. But it is only through that that you mature. We're not talking about being sick. We're not talking about being broke. We're talking about having to put your flesh under. Brother Hagin said this. He said, uh, asked this question. He said, would you like to know why I'm settled today? And I was around him a lot for years. You talk about settled. He reminds you of somebody else. The same. Yesterday, today. And from now on. I mean, steady. He, he wasn't. Mad one day and glad the next day and up and down. He wasn't like that. I mean, just you talk about steady. He was and still is in heaven. He said, would you like to know why I'm so settled? He said, it's because I've suffered. Mm. Say what? I thought Brother Hagin was a faith preacher. He is. But then he went on to explain. He said, every church I pastored, 
was a troubled church. Every church was either in the process of a split or had split and half of them attending across town. Every church, a troubled church. He said one church in particular, he said just for example, he called the name up, you know him, he'd give the date and the time. You know, and he'd say, uh, he said, I'd prepare all week and I'd pray. And I'd go to deliver the message. And he said, and half the bunch is sitting on this side. They wouldn't dare sit on the other side. And the other half sitting over there glaring at them. And they're glaring back. So some of these little places had feuds going back two generations ago. And he said, I'd preach my heart out. And it felt like you threw a big ball out. And it hit the back of the wall and just come back and slap you in the face. He said, it was so hard. He'd preach his heart out and it just felt so flat and so dead. And he just, and he said not once or twice, many a time after Sunday night, he'd go back, him, Miss Aretha laying down, you know, to go to sleep. And he'd tell her, if I didn't know, God told me to go here. I'd go get a U-Haul trailer right now. I'd back it up to the parsonage. I'd load our stuff right now. And in the morning, I wouldn't say hi, bye, boo. We'd be gone. <laughs> and they'd come by Monday and say, where did Brother Hagen go? <laughs> if I didn't know. Why would you stay and put up with that? Why, why would you stay and go through that? Month after month and year after year. Come on, somebody help me. Come on, somebody. Why? Because... You're in a covenant with God. And you told him, I will go where you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do. Come on, are you listening? I will obey you. And then you show there and these people, you enter into a covenant with them. I'll stay with you for a year or two, whatever he sold them, you know. And I will minister to you. You got your word to God. You got your word to them. And he said... Every church he pastored was troubled in the beginning. But he said, I got to preach it on love and going to heaven. And they got to loving each other, getting excited about going to heaven. And place after place, sometimes it took months or years, but place after place, they had a move of God. Great things happen. Church begin to grow. Things begin to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, if covenant don't mean anything to you, if your word don't mean anything to you, you wouldn't have just said, I feel like doing it. You'd have done it. You'd have been gone. You'd have bailed. Always looking for the greener grass on the other side of the road. And in so doing, you would not develop nor mature. Go to 1 Peter 5, please. The scripture said, have respect unto the covenant. Marriage is honorable. 1 Peter 5 is a prayer here in Peter. Talking about, we quote part of it, but you need to read the rest of the way. Verse 8, 5, 8. Be sober, 
Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Don't you like that word, M-A-Y? Some he may, some he may not. What do you do with him? Whom resist steadfast in the faith. You know, one of the big things he will do to devour you is tempt you, tempt you, tempt you. Just quit this thing. Walk. Throw down your tools. Leave. You leave this marriage, leave this home, get out of here. And what's it time to do? Put your foot down and say, I'm not a covenant breaker. My word is my bond. Come on, are you listening? I'm like my father. He is not a covenant breaker. Hallelujah. I'm a faithful child of a faithful God. Hallelujah. I'm like my father. And when you said that, you said a mouthful because he is the faithful God who keeps covenant. Hallelujah. Forever. And shows mercy to a thousand generations of those that kept covenant with him. One of the greatest things you could ever do for your kids and grandkids is be faithful. Be faithful to God and faithful to your commitments. It gives God a right to intervene in the lives of your offspring. I could give you 30 verses for that. I mean, it's all through the Word of God. You ought to see how many times God didn't bring judgment on some of the most evil kings and people you ever heard of. You know why? Because it said he had made covenant with David. Oh, come on, do you hear that? He made covenant with David. Well, that was many years ago. But God didn't forget it. He won't ever forget it. Showed amazing mercy to him. Keep reading. You resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I told you everybody's going through the same thing. But the God of all grace. This is a prayer you can pray over yourself. In fact, pray it over yourself right now. Say it out loud. Father God, Father God the God of all grace, God of all grace who's, called who's called us to his eternal glory, to his eternal glory. By, Christ by Christ Jesus after I've suffered a while. Make me perfect. Establish me. Strengthen me. Settle me. Hallelujah. When's it going to happen? After you've suffered a while. Not suffering from the curse of the law that you've been redeemed from. Suffering what? Having to submit your will. Having to stick it out in the tough places and hard places. Keeping your word. When other people don't. Staying stuck when other folks run. Somebody said out loud, I'm not a covenant breaker. My word is my bond. Hallelujah. That's how God operates. It's how he wants us to operate. Look with me in uh, that scripture in Isaiah. I've been trying to read it for 20 minutes, hasn't it? Phyllis, would you come, please, and get ready to share that thing that's on your heart about this? 
Isaiah 24. Excuse me. We did read that. We didn't pray. That's what we didn't do. We were going to pray. The Lord said, he, he mentioned two instances. He said, did you hear about that tower that those people fell on? Remember him saying that? And killing those people. It'd be like us seeing the news today and some tragedy happens, you know. He said, do you think they were worse people than anybody else in that town? Because that happened to them? I tell you, no. No. But unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. He gave another illustration. Same, he said those, those people that were offering their sacrifices, and I guess they had made Pilate mad, and, and he sent his soldiers and killed them and slaughtered them with the sacrificial animals. I mean, you talk about brutal. And he said, you think they were worse people than anybody else around there because that happened to them? He said, I tell you, no. People are asking the wrong questions when they say, why did this happen to them? Because people are assuming God had some kind of plan in it. And it was ultimately God behind it, which on this kind of thing is just not true. Why? Whew, do I say that? Need to be led. Our country has experienced troubles, hasn't it? We've had multiple attacks, haven't we? At home and abroad. Now, we have been spared untold attacks. Hundreds of them we know about. It is the plan of God to protect us all the time. Come on, are you listening? Yeah. And that the enemy doesn't get to us even a little bit. Amen. That's the perfect will of God and plan of God. But I'm going to say something that's a hard thing to say, but it's the truth. Our country, our nation, and our leaders, I'm not just talking about the current leaders. I'm talking about people before them, quite a ways before them, and the successive ones have been covenant breakers. They have said things and told leaders of other nations and peoples that were fighting for their survival and independence, we will be there for you. We will help you. You do that. You step up and you do this. We will support you. And they took their life in their hands and they did it. And there was an election. And the people said, well, we didn't make that promise. Are y'all with me? And if you break covenant like that, you expose yourself to being touched. We need to have our leaders get a revelation to go back. And keep the commitments our country has made to other people. No matter what has happened. Stand up on your feet. Let's pray this right now. This has to do with our very own protection as a nation. Said out loud, Father God. We thank you for this country. 
Now, I'm leading in prayer, especially for U.S. citizens. You can pray for us if you're not, but we need to say some things as citizens. Uh, we, we need to take responsibility. Say it out loud. We're, I'm not just talking for me personally. I'm talking about for my country. Say it out loud, my, my country. My country. We, we have not been faithful, have not been faithful. In, our in our commitments. We've not kept our word, kept our word. to those we made promises to. When it was no longer convenient, or it no longer served our interests, promises were broken, covenants were broken. This is an evil thing, one of the worst things we could do. And we ask you for mercy. You have had mercy on us. The problems we did have and have had. Could have been so much worse. And you have continued to spare us. From so many problems. But we ask you. In the name of Jesus. Reveal. To those who are in leadership now. And those who will come after. The vital. Huge importance. Great significance. To our very existence in our welfare that we keep our word and we keep our covenant commitments and our treaty promises and promises we made to parties all over the world. Put it in their hearts and in the hearts of the American people to remember the covenants. And the commitments. Hallelujah. And put it in our hand. And in our power. To fulfill them. And do them. We ask it in Jesus name. And we ask for mercy. Until we're able to do that. To keep us. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank Him for hearing our prayers. Lord, we thank You. We thank You. Thank You for sustaining us. Say it out loud. Lord, don't leave us alone. Don't leave us to ourselves. In spite of the evil in our country, for our sakes, we're asking for mercy. Keep our protection. About us. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. You can be seated. Uh, I know that's sobering. But some things are serious aren't they? Uh, Phyllis had a thing on her heart. About. Another covenant, and I think it's very important. Would you take just a moment? You'll have to turn your mic off. Mine's ringing when I turn it off. I'll, I'll turn, turn it off right now. Okay. It's just, you know, if you know me at all, every time you teach on something, I like to see the practical side in it, how you apply it to what you've been teaching on. And so, you know, I was thinking this afternoon, actually last night it came up on my heart about 
how you would apply these covenants to your marriage, just in a real practical way. And so uh, I was thinking about the Abraham, the covenant God made with Abraham, and where he says, I'll bless them and um, that bless him and curse them that curse him. And I just thought about it in the way that it would apply to our marriages. It's very simple. You bless your husband that blesses you, or you bless your wife that blesses you, and you'll be blessed. Yeah. It's a real simple thing. But you begin cursing them, and what's going to happen to you? You'll be cursed. So just applying that in our natural lives, as far as covenant is concerned, you don't understand what happens to you, but you begin cursing your spouse, even though, God forbid, you're getting a divorce, you know, but you don't want to curse them ever. You know, you don't ever want to be that part of that. And then I was thinking about Noah especially. And I was thinking about when God made the covenant or the promise that he would never flood the earth again. And he put the rainbow in the sky. And, he, and I just got this real clear illustration of it. Clouds come. Yeah. And they're going to come in every person's marriage. And showers are going to come. And there may be a shower that comes in your marriage. Or there could be a severe thunderstorm that comes in your marriage. You know? Or it could even be a flood that comes in your marriage. You understand? But that doesn't mean that you're going to get washed away. Because you have the promise of the covenant that you can stand on. Doesn't matter. Because God made the promise that we would never get washed away again. But if you're standing on that covenant and that promise, you'll never get washed away in your marriage. Because you're standing on that very same covenant. Very same covenant. But this is my favorite covenant of all. If you know anything about me at all, I've always said this. And uh, I'll stand on it and I'll give it to you and you can share it with me. Okay? I've always said, Rob's quoting it, all that Keith has is mine. Right. <laughs> it's the truth. If he gets a new coat before he can even wear it, I have usually stolen it. If he gets something new, if he likes it, man, or I, it doesn't matter. If I like it, it's mine. Right. What's mine is mine. What his is mine. <laughs> You know? So I thought I'd give you a little, a little scripture for that. What? What? You got something to say? No. You done talking, right? <laughs> we turned off your microphone. That's it. I'm done. Okay. Um, it's um, John 17, 5. And now, Father, be glorified, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I have had with you and before the world began. I have revealed to you, to those you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have obeyed your word. Now, they've got, now they know that everything that you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew what certainty they came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Now, this is the part that you need. Well, the next one. Uh, I pray for them, and I'm not praying for the world, but those you've given me, for they're all yours. And the next verse, verse 10, put it up there. NIV. NIV, yeah. Look, what does that say? There it is. In big, bold letters on the screen. All that I have is yours, and all you have is mine. Wait, whoa. 
Oh, shucks. I have to share, too. Anyway, that's covenant. You get it? It's covenant. Everything. And he, he, if he'd have kept on reading in Galatians, if you'll go down and keep on reading, it says that we're sons of the Most High and that we have full rights of sons. We're not slaves. We're sons. And so we have full rights of sonship. And so everything that God has is ours. So everything your spouse has is yours. So you can just go in there and if they get a new truck, you can just drive it. <laughs> That's right. Scripture. It just really doesn't matter, you know. If they get a bunch of money and you need some, it's yours. You can just have it, you know. So because that's what covenant is. It's just in its simplest terms, what's theirs is yours. So don't ever forget it, ladies. Okay? <laughs> now you understand covenant a lot better, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. I tell you, we um, Phyllis and I just have no problems in this area. We. What's, what's hers is mine, and what's mine is hers. We, we don't have a big separation of our stuff. And she, she takes stuff, gives stuff to me, I give stuff to her. And it is the truth. Um, uh, one of the big reasons that people struggle and fight over this is fear. Fear of running out. And uh, fear of lack. And, of course, if you love somebody, you're not going to want to hurt them or take something away from them. They don't want you to have, but... That is covenant. That is covenant. When you enter into covenant with somebody, come on, do you believe that uh, what, what the scripture said, you know, the, the, in the story of the prodigal son? What did he tell him? He said, all that I have is thine. Is that right? Is it true? I mean, 1 Corinthians 3, did he say, all things are yours? Did he say it? And that's because of covenant, not because we've earned it. And certainly, how many things should be that way between us and God? All that we have is His. If He wants it, it's His. Whatever He wants to do with it. Now, uh, if we would, uh, ushers come now, and singers and players come now. And we're going to get ready to do what we had talked about. We're going to release our faith and renew the covenant. You'll see this kind of thing mentioned in the Scripture uh, for instance, uh, it'll say sometimes they, they renewed the kingdom in a certain place. Well, they had had the commitments and dedications maybe some months or years before, but they did it again. And it's not that it had come undone necessarily. How many know you just sometimes you need to renew yourself to something that you need to remind yourself of the commitment and renew that I'm as committed to it as I ever was, in fact, more so. So... Um, what we're going to do, and uh, go ahead, guys, you can go ahead and, and pass those out. All of the married couples, if you would stand, please, and everybody else just remain seated. And please, everybody else, don't be offended. This is marriage meeting. This is something special just for the married people. You can't renew your marriage uh, covenant and you're not married. So... What we're going to do, you, you, you're going to have to stand for a little bit, can you? I've been standing for a while. Uh, I want you to stand for a little bit, and you're, and you're going to need to hold the elements in your hands for a few minutes. And then we're going, I'm, we're going to lead you in saying some things. 
And uh, if you believe these words, and if you are sincere in your heart about saying them, then say them. If not, if you don't believe it and you don't mean it, don't say it. Is everybody clear on this? Or if there, there's some parts we may touch on that um, part of the commitment we're going to make in this is something that we've been doing, Phyllis and I did when, uh, in our relationship and, and others have done in marriage ceremonies that happen in the church. We make a commitment to tithe and give offerings and our commitment to him claiming his commitment to us that he rebukes the devourer. Is that right? And he, he meets all of our needs. The rest for our whole household. The rest of our life. That's part of our marriage commitment. We know who our source is. And if you don't want to say that. Well when we get to that part. Just don't say it. Just don't say it. But uh, the Lord knows our hearts doesn't he? And, and what we just got through talking about. Is uh, one of the big issues. Is folks making commitments too quickly. And not meaning them. And then not holding to those commitments. And we certainly don't want to do that. But. There is a blessing that comes with what we're doing. I already have seen some things in my heart as we prayed about it. This was not my idea. I didn't intend to do this this week. This, I believe this is the direction of the Lord. And I can already see some things that are about to happen in the spirit and in people's lives and hearts and minds. Because what we're doing is we're giving him open door to come into our lives and sustain us. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Go ahead, guys, sing. on the internet in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him male and female created he them and he blessed them and he said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife 
and they too shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. Hallelujah. Put up please the first screen. We're going to lead you in this and repeat it after us. If you're serious, we're, if you've never done this, maybe you, you went through a ceremony at the Justice of the Peace and you've never done this, well, you're doing it for the first time. And maybe some of that has been there, but you need to affirm that it is there for sure. And even if you did and you weren't sure what happened, you are renewing the covenant tonight. And these vows are not things that men wrote. These are scriptures. These are from the Word of God. Said out loud, we confess before the Lord. And before this congregation. That God has joined us together. In a holy covenant of marriage. We confess before the Lord. And before this congregation, that we do renew our commitment to this holy covenant, that we will honor our marriage and keep our marriage bed pure, that we will not break faith with each other as husband and wife. We confess this day. We will not be conformed to this ungodly world. We will show forth the mystery of Christ and the church as a light in a dark place. Hallelujah. Now, husbands, say this directly to your wife. Covenant is one party making promises to another commitments and then that party making promises and commitments to this one there's no covenant without promises and commitment and the commitments and promises are only as good as the word of the person giving them so say it again I'm not a covenant breaker my word is good and my word is my bond now husbands repeat after me and say this to your wife say it to her By the grace of the Lord and with the help of the Holy Spirit, I will leave father and mother and cleave to you. We are one flesh. I will meet your needs and give you what is due to you as my wife. I will love you even as Christ loves the church. And give myself for you. As he did. And as he does. For us. I will love you. And not be bitter at you. Or harsh with you. I will love you as myself. As my own body. And nourish and cherish you. As the Lord does the church. As we live together. I'll be understanding 
and considerate and show honor to you as to the weaker vessel. You are my wife and my glory, and we are heirs together of the grace of life. Hallelujah. Now, ladies, if you will repeat this after me. By the grace of the Lord and the help of the Holy Spirit, I acknowledge your headship and I purpose to submit to you. As the church is subject to Christ in all things, as it is fitting in the Lord, I will meet your needs and I will give you what is due to you as my husband. I will walk in wisdom and show respect and reverence for you before all. I will love you and help you. I will do you good and not evil all the days of my life. You are my husband, and we're heirs together of the grace of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is holy, saints. This is holy. This next part is about God being your provider and you being a tither. So if you're not sure about it, just don't say it. You can say it later if you're not sure. But if you're sure, say it. Lord, you are our source and provider. Lord, you are our source and provider. We will honor you with our substance. We will honor you with our substance. And with the first fruits. And with the first fruits. Of all our increase. Of all our increase. We will bring to you. We will bring to you. The tithes and offerings. The tithes and offerings. We will seek first your kingdom. We will seek first your kingdom. And what you say is right. And what you say is right. You are our good shepherd. You are our good shepherd. And we shall not want. And we shall not want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Covenant. This is covenant. Take the elements. And. Engage your right arms. With each other. Said out loud. We renew. And seal this holy covenant of marriage. With the bread and with the cup. In the communion of the body and the blood of Christ. By which we are saved and sealed. Lord, you are the vine. Lord, you are the vine. And we are your branches. Your eternal life flows through us. Now partake of the bread. Partake of the cup. If you need to change hands with the cup, that's fine. Say it out loud. The covenant is sealed. sealed. It cannot be disannulled. Cannot be be added to. to. Say it out loud to each other. 
Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. We are heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ. And heirs together of the grace of life. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think you ought to give them a hug. Hallelujah. Kiss. Hallelujah. Sealed with communion. Sealed with a kiss. Somebody say sealed. You know what we're doing? Covenant. Covenant. You're making your marriage and your home devil proof. If you'll honor the covenant, if you'll honor the covenant, you'll give him no place. Now, now, stand right where you are. By the instruction of the Lord, Phyllis and I, by the anointing in our lives, are going to speak blessing over you. Hallelujah. You don't have to say anything on this. You just receive. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace be on you and wealth and riches be in your house. The Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. And let the light of his glory be seen in you and your house. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your hand. Say, I receive it. I receive it. The blessing rests in my house. I receive it. I receive it. The peace of God rests in my house. I receive it. I receive it. Prosperity flows into my life. I receive it. I receive it. We are witnesses of the glory of his light. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all get ready to sing. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him. Let's lift up our hands. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you honor. Oh, come on, let's praise him. Some saints, lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Lord, we're so glad that we're in covenant with you and with each other. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing is working right now. Right now. Things are being changed. Hardness is being melted by the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Doors to the enemy are being closed. Hallelujah. I can hear them closing. <laughs> I can't. Glory to God. Clink. Clink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with us. Everybody stand up with us. And let's sing this. And everybody can sing this and make commitment, married or not. Sing this and make this commitment. Excuse me. Go ahead. It just keeps coming up on my heart, so I probably should say it. Every divorced person under the sound of my voice at this point, here in Branson on the Internet, you've heard some word this week that you didn't know before. Yeah. You've, you've seen some things that you didn't know before. Take this opportunity. It doesn't matter if you've been divorced or separated a week or 20 years. If the person's not married again, if there's not other commitments in their life, go to them and humble yourself and say, it was my fault. Whether all of it was your fault or not, take responsibility. And God will be able to work in that situation and turn things around if you're willing to change and make His covenant and His Thank way you, priority in your life. Thank you, Lord. And He'll make changes. And you'll see your second marriage to them will be like a different marriage and a different person so in your be. life. Glory to God. So be Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, there's a lot of situations where folks have been married and divorced and, and two and three and four and five times friend there's no condemnation I said there's no condemnation and uh, somebody said what about that, that first, first person I made covenant with is that always no you know um, Jesus told the woman at the well he said uh, go call your husband she said I don't have a husband he said uh, you said right because you have had five he called every one of those ones she had been with her husband. And he said, and the one you have now, I guess she's living with somebody. He's not your husband. A lot of revelation there. Hmm? We're not talking about looking back and taking condemnation over mistakes and broken covenants. We're talking about what we're going to do now. Is that right? We're talking about what we're going to do by now by the grace of God, by the blood of the Lamb. We're covenant people. I said we're covenant people. We're godly people, and we live different, and we think different, and we are different, hallelujah, than the world. Can you say amen? Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.